BBC Radio 7. Now on 7, time to immerse ourselves in a bit more fantasy, and for this, we must travel to Whitby for part two of Never the Bride. Brenda, a cheerful landlady of a modest B&B in the seaside town of Whitby, yearns for a quiet life, but she seems drawn to spooky and mysterious escapades. Perhaps it's just in her nature. She is, after all, not quite what she seems. This is episode two. Never the Bride by Paul Mars Episode 2 The Vintage Costumed Hero Ball Hello and welcome back to Whitby I'm your genial hostess, Brenda I run a guest house in the old part of town near the harbour I lead a quiet life, but I like to keep an eye on things. I end up being drawn into the most curious of affairs, however. But perhaps you would never know to look at me that I have this involvement with the weird and the unearthly. I look so ordinary, don't I? Just a plump, rather tall, ordinary lady of a certain age. Hands rather large, one leg slightly thicker than the other. Well, you'd never notice that. A haunted expression, perhaps? A sense that I have seen more than could ever be contained by one single human life? Last time, if you recall, I was describing this late-night phone-in radio show that was suddenly all the rage in our town. I had learned that Effie, uh, my best friend and companion on many of my spooky investigations, had somehow been drawn into becoming a regular caller and saying the most awful things live on air. It was like she was hypnotised or utterly subsumed by the malign personality of the man in charge, Mr Danby. Smarmy little man, it had been my misfortune to have doings with before. All through the night, the somnambulant citizens of Whitby were phoning up this show, the Night Owls, and casting aspersions on each other, and being just a little bit too frank. Uh, you do realise that what you're saying might be defamatory, don't you? Of course I do. Oh, good. Carry on, then. Anyway, we went to the buildings of Whitby FM, up the posh, redeveloped bit of the harbour. Me and Effie and my friend Robert, who works in a nearby hotel. We went banging on their heavy security doors and demanded to see Mr Danby. To our very great surprise, we were let in. But there was a nastier surprise awaiting us in the dark room beyond. Gas. Oh. It's gas. No. They can't. Let us out. Where are you, Danby? You can't do this to us. You... Oh, dear, dear, oh, dear. How I dislike having to resort to such tactics. Oh, dear. You. Yes, I'm sorry, my dear Brenda, that you find yourself alarmed at being tied up like this. Auntie Maud, Auntie! Oh, shush, Effie, it's all right. Calm down. Help! Brenda, get us 
What happened next had all to do with the retired superhero ball being held at the Christmas Hotel that weekend. We had heard a little about it, and we had observed a few masked and lycra-clad pensioners getting about town. I even had one of the ex-superheroes staying incognito in my guest house, a Mr. Timperley, who was once Harry the Cat, scourge of the Salford underworld. I wasn't sure you'd want to go. I know you're not fond of the Christmas Hotel. Well, I'm quite intrigued. Should be quite a spectacle. Hordes of ancient heroes dancing about. <laughs> well, the tickets were in a blank envelope shoved through my door when I got back. Come to the dinner dance. So I thought, why not? <laughs> Any excuse to throw our glad rags on, eh? <laughs> of course, it's an obvious trap. Of course. Someone is inviting us here clandestinely. Probably for a very nasty reason indeed. Naturally. Still, it's all fun, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, let me get my breath back. Look at the abbey over there. Glaring oh. and glooming down at us. I know. I keep thinking about what it conceals. Let's not think about that. Oh, but it's the reason for all of it, isn't it? Why everything in this town is so weird and deadly. And the reason you were drawn here in the first place, mm. yes, I know. Still, I prefer it to what my life was before. Years and years of aimless wandering, never settling down getting hounded from place to place like a monster oh i'm glad you're happy here oh come on then don't let me wallow <laughs> let's go and see what's going on at the christmas hotel seems lively enough quite a bit of talent about oh effie that's not like you well it's been young since a man's even been near Ever since, since I had my terrible letdown, yes, no need to bring him up again. No, we don't have much luck with fellas, do we? You're not wrong there. Oh, watch out. Here she comes on a motorised scooter, Mrs. Claus herself. Darlings! What a wonderful surprise seeing you here at my humble do. Oh, it's a marvellous assemblage, I must say. I've never seen such a colourful and surprising bunch. Oh, these are the unsung heroes of Britain, this lot. The secret heroes who saw us through the darkness of all those gloomy post-war years. I recognise a few faces. Uh, that's Captain Lightning, isn't it? And Sparkle, his boy companion. Not so much of a boy anymore. Oh, yes, uh, and the chap next to them, dressed as Marlon Dietrich, that's Marlon Dietrich, man. Oh. One of our more exotic costumed heroes. So you've got them all here out of the goodness of your heart, have you, Mrs. Claus, just to give the old dears a treat? Of course. Why, Effie, you make it sound as if I'm always scheming and plotting. And I'm surprised to see you two showing your faces in public this evening. What? Public enemies, aren't you? According to that daft Danby on the radio. It's a wonder he's not got the lynch mob after you. What were you doing? Breaking into the studio? We'd rather not talk about it. But we're convinced that something is afoot. Yes, well... Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm calling out the bingo numbers in the main lounge. Oh, by the way, have you met Harry here? He was saying that he knew you, Brenda. Brenda? Oh, Mr. Timperley, how are you? I hardly recognised you in your costume. Uh, Effie? 
This is Mr. Timperley, one of my guests this week. Now, I'm glad to be staying in your place rather than this dump. Oh, shh. Well, it's true. It's all very festive and glitzy on the surface, but there's something rank and nasty beneath the surface of the Christmas Hotel. You're quite right, Mr. Timperley. I've always said just the same. It's like finding a dead mouse in the Christmas pudding. Oh. I'm Effie Jacobs, by the way. Brenda's neighbour. Charmed. But while I'm in costume, you must both call me Harry the Cat. Scourge oh. of the Salford Gangland Killers. Oh, yes. I remember your reputation. Back in the 60s. It was quite a terror, hopping across the back-to-back rooftops. I miss all of that. Oh, I suppose everyone here misses their days of crime fighting. <laughs> Time moves on, I suppose. For most of us, yes. Not for Brenda here, though. She's been the same age for nigh on 200 years. Oh, piffle. Stop it, Effie. She's a very handsome woman. Oh, you both are. Oh. I hope you both do me the honour of a dance later this evening, once the band gets oh. going. We like a nice bop. <laughs> Tell me, Harry, what did your special superpowers consist of? Well, basically what it was was an unusual capacity to leap great distances across rooftops and keep my balance on very narrow edges. Oh, my. While Effie made superhero small talk, I gently excused myself and wandered off into the crowd on the pretext of looking for the lavvy. You see, I had one of those curious feelings that things were about to take a sudden nasty turn. I'm very psychic and sensitive, you see. Being built of body parts from many different sources, as I am, and having been brought to life by lightning and necromancy, as I indeed was, I am quiveringly alert to nuances, to things coming through on the ether. I went to the lavvy and found it empty, except... One stall was occupied by a dead body slumped there on the lav was Mrs. Midnight in full aquamarine superheroine cosy bursting at the seams dead as a doornail strangled oh so festively by festoons of what else Christmas tinsel I know what you're going to say, Brenda. You've been bridling all the way down the hill and along the prom. What am I going to say? But it's every time, every single time we go to the Christmas hotel, something horrible happens. That's quite true. And every time, the evidence gets brushed under the carpet. Mrs Claus has her servile elves come dashing in and clearing up the mess. The police are summoned and sent brusquely away again. Mm, Mrs Claus likes to clear up her own messes. Quite. So the most outrageous things can go on, but somehow Mrs. Claus is never herself implicated. So, do you think she's responsible for the strangling of Mrs. Midnight? I don't know. Mm. But she's strong enough, Mm -hmm. even if she's not particularly mobile. But she was sitting there talking to us for much of the time. Mm. I wouldn't put it past her. She's a wicked old woman. Oh, she certainly is. Oh, poor Harry the cat. Poor Mr. Timberley. Oh, well, this is me. Home again. Off to listen to the night owls. Oh, I thought I might as well check it out. And I suspect that we will be hearing much more about this evil upheaval before the evening is out. Honestly, 
Hello, line two, you are. My name is was Harry the cat. Oh no! Oh, What's、yes. he doing? Are you in fact a cat or just a person pretending? Nothing like that. I was a crime fighter many years ago in North Manchester. I wore stretch lycra, thigh high boots, and a helmet with small pointy ears. It was all the gangland crime I was dealing with, and I was, if I'm not modest, something of a legend round my own parts. Were you indeed? I take it you're here in Whitby as part of the vintage costumed hero ball up at the Christmas Hotel. I am that, and I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this reunion—a chance of re-meeting old friends and colleagues. That's what generally happens at these things. And murder. Does that generally happen too? Murder, Harry. It'll be hushed up. But I had a lady friend, a wonderful lady whom I've known for many, many years. And tonight, the night of our long-desired reunion, she has met the most atrocious end. Oh dear, is that right? She was murdered in the midst of the proceedings. There's been quite a few calls already this evening, telling of some kind of fracas at the Christmas Hotel. I'm glad to hear from someone in the know. Tell us, Harry. Thing is, Mrs. Midnight, oh, Sandra, as I always knew her, she could hold her own easily. Indeed. She could fight her corner. She could stand up for herself. She was a real bruiser. Her superpowers. Do you know what her superpowers were? Take your time, Harry the Cat. Don't upset yourself. She didn't have any superpowers, did she? Oh. She had the costume. She had the look. She was a very brave woman, but she never had any special powers. She was never bitten by a radioactive insect or struck by cosmic rays from outer space. She couldn't fly. She couldn't even run that fast. Oh, she was quite useful in a punch-up. She could fetch you hefty wallop. But she was, on the whole, pretty defenceless. If truth be told, not many of us old-time heroes have real powers. We like to think we had. It was as if by putting the old cosies on, we were conferring great powers on ourselves. The thing I'm here to tell you is, I know who did it. What? I know the murderess. And it's someone with real powers—powers powers for true evil, necromantic powers. Necromancy here in Whitby. Where else? And this person, this foul murderess, she's someone I know you yourself are concerned about.、Oh. Someone you think should be taken somewhere where she can't be a menace to the public any more.、Well, who is this person? Tell us. I think you already know. She is a true monster. She. Mr. Timperley, what is it? Why have you gone quiet? I thought I heard a sound outside my door. Please, you must tell us, Mr. Timper. Uh, Harry, tell us now. Her name is. Yes. She's here. Get back, Avant! You've no right to come bursting into my room. Why, Mr. Timperley? Why would you do that to me? What have I ever done to you? Oh, Brenda, I. You know very well, don't you, that I didn't murder your lady friend. All I know is I've seen some very funny things since I've been here in this town. Yes, but that's normal round here. I wish I'd never come. I've not been away from home for over twenty years. I'm not used to all this. It's too much. You, Brenda. I've let myself in. I've still. You, 
The other one, your witchy old friend. I've heard about you too, madam. You have them a long line of nasty old hags, aren't you? I beg your pardon? You heard me. I've heard all about you, the pair of you, and the terrible things you get up to. What's the matter with him? He was so nice up at the Christmas hotel. Why has he turned like this? Well, that's because he's had a nasty... You murdered her, that's why. My lady friend, Mrs. Midnight. Poppycock, you silly old fool, standing there in your skin-tight leopard spotted lycra making rash accusations. Oh, I could clobber you, I could. And phoning in the night owls too, stirring up all the bad feeling against Brenda. I know what you're up to in this town, you two. I know you're here for a reason. It's to do with the gateway into hell, isn't it? Don't listen to him, Brenda. He doesn't know what he's talking about. What do you know about the gateway? Just that it's the reason there are so many strange folk here in Whitby. Mrs. Close told me there's an open gaping wound somewhere in Whitby and all sorts of things come creeping out of the underworld. And you two are somehow mixed up in it all. Stay back! No, that's true. You're quite right. We are very much mixed up in it. Brenda, you don't have to tell him anything. This withered-up old fool, let me out! No, Effie, he's traumatised. He needs to understand. We aren't the enemy here. Aren't you? No, and you should most definitely trust us, more than you trust the likes of Mrs. Claus or Mr. Danby. Can't you see? They're filling your head with Poison, manipulating you. They're my friends. Oh, they're nobody's friends. I think they won't be happy until they have me hounded out of town. Well, we'll make sure that doesn't happen. Well, it's happened before. I've been hounded out of so many places. I never get to stay for long. I thought Whitby was different. I thought I was settled here. That I had a place. Oh, but you do have a place. You belong here with all of us. Oh, that's kind of you, Effie. You do. (laughs) Oh, Oh, he's made a run for it. Yes, after him. Not quite nimble, really, for an old gaffer. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. Hey, look, there he is. Oh. Reporting back to the Christmas Hotel, no doubt. Oh, do you really believe that there's a conspiracy? Yes, but this is a running after someone bit, Effie. Not a discussing a conspiracy bit. A wrong. Oh, I can't believe he had fast Oh, that's man at the cat for you. Oh, hang on. Who's that? Someone stabbed oh, him. Oh, no. oh, no. oh, no. oh, I've got him. Let me go. You'll regret this. Hold his legs, Effie. Shall I give him a slap? Oh, get away from me, a cursed witch oh. woman. Oh, well, here we are again, oh. passing in the street in the middle of the night. Oh, Robert, how did you know we'd need help? When I heard this fellow on the radio, I thought, something's up. Someone's out to get Brenda. Oh. They murdered my girlfriend. Oh. They killed Mrs. Midnight. Shut up, you. At least it wouldn't hurt anyone. We'd better get him inside somewhere, ladies. He's making too much oh, noise. We look a bit conspicuous right outside the amusement arcade, pinning an old man to the ground. Good point. Hey, man, that's Ow. an antique. That chair you're tying oh. to is worth a fortune. Now, you won't cause a fuss now, will you, Mr. Temple? Nice place you've got here, Effie. I've never been in here before. Mm. So, what now? Do we interrogate him? I think a calm chat is in order. Get the 
the kettle on, Effie. Why should I chat with you? Oh, for the last time, I'll say it pleasantly, I did not murder your friend. Of course I didn't. But I believe I was meant to find the body. I believe that I'm supposed to look like a suspect. You're the only suspect. You're a monster. I've heard all about you. Don't talk to her like that. I'll slap him. Shall I not leave him be? Now, who did you hear this from, Mr Timberley? Why do you say that? The person who asked me to come here. The person who said I needed to book myself into your guest house. That's who. I wish I'd never bothered. I'm too old for this. I wish I'd stayed at home. Who told you to do these things? I wish to keep an eye on the beast woman, the monster woman. Is that what I am? So I was told. But I've been kind to you. I gave you my best room. It was immaculate. I welcomed you. I cooked your breakfast. I even went across town at dawn to buy the kippers you wanted. Hey, you're too soft, Brenda. Oh. Look here, Timperley. Who's been saying these things about Brenda? She's not a natural woman, is she? She has no surname. Have you asked her? No birth certificate, no national insurance number, I'll wager. No family. Certainly no children. You don't really exist, do you, Brenda? Leave her be! Let him talk. You're trying to oust Brenda from her home. You've got it wrong. She's done more good since she's been living here than anyone has. She's saved the lives of people here. She's been fighting the forces of darkness with no thought for her own safety, without ever asking for a reward. All that may be true. She might be a very nice person for all I know, but she is still in the pit of her black and cankerous stolen heart, a thing of supernature, an evil creation. No! Brenda, Brenda, don't upset yourself. Mind that lamp, it's priceless. It's not true. Stop saying these things. He's just trying to upset you. Have no heed. The old devil. The things he's saying, they are things I think about sometimes. But I can't help it. I really do come from evil. I was cradled and coddled in filth and wickedness. I was made to be a bride to a monster. And there is no escaping destiny. Oh, you've got a lot to answer for, Tipperly. Upsetting my friend like this. I'm merely passing on a message. From those who brought you here. Brenda's enemies. You persist in thinking I was brought here by Mrs. Claus and Mr. Dunby. They're the ones conspiring against her. Perhaps. But they aren't the ones who sent me. Who sent you? Who sent you to say these horrible things? I will tell you. If you promise not to hurt me, don't kill me. Of course we won't. I can't promise that. I don't know how she'll react when she hears who's after her. After me? You haven't seen him in ages. Many, many decades. He's been looking for you for a long time. Oh, no. No, don't you? You can sense that he has found you. You are somehow aware that he is on his way. Brenda, who's he on about? Brenda, you've gone white. It can't be. It can't be him. It is. He contacted me directly some months ago. He's been in the Manchester area for some years. Nothing rough. I helped him get back on his feet. I had no idea who he was at first. I nearly died when he told me. I could hardly believe it. He should be dead. He should be dead. Deader than dead. How much can he survive? He's in rude health. He's extremely well. He's quite like a young man again. Vigorous, powerful, and hell-bent on seeing you again. He wants you back, Brenda. Well, he can't have it. Who is this person? This person you say has been living rough. 
Brenda wants now to do with him. You don't mean... It doesn't mean... Brenda? It does. <gasps> oh, God! He's come back, Brenda. And he wants you. Who's he on about? My fiancé. What? We were made for each other. Literally. The wedding never quite came off. You deserve each other. Brenda, if there's someone you don't want to see again, then you don't have to. I do. I have to see him. I have to. It's destiny. I still don't understand. He's here in town right now. Oh? He's found his way back to you. What? Face it, Brenda. You were Frank. He's back. <laughs> In episode two of Never the Bride, Brenda was played by Joanna Tope, Effie, Monica Gibb, Robert, John Paul Hurley, Mr. Danby, Sean Scanlon, Mr. Timperley, Gareth Thomas, and Mrs. Claus, Eileen McCallum. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Never the Bride was written by Paul Mars. The producer was David Jackson Young. And there'll be more from Brenda and Friends tomorrow here in the Seventh Dimension.